I'm gonna do all I can to stand, uh -huh. having done all the stand. Okay. Sorry if I have horrible breath. No, you're fine. I have that too. If you sit there. I will. And then, yeah, and then okay. your friend. Maybe okay, he come out. He'll be yeah, ready. Okay. He'll be on the okay, yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> your pastor's awesome, and so is his wife and his daughter. Awesome. So I have cerebral palsy, and I was never supposed to hold up my head or get up out of a bed. But I serve a Jesus who makes the lame to walk still. And um, so I want to tell you something, though, before I begin. Actually, before I tell you that, I want to tell you something else before I forget that. And that is that if there's a young girl here, maybe you're 16 or 15 or younger or whatever, however old you are, and you, um, you may be pregnant and nobody knows about it. Uh, there is a pregnancy resource center here in town, not, not far at all. Uh, there is help for you. And if you're terrified and you're thinking, oh my gosh, abortion is the only way, you can come tell me. You can come tell any of us and we are here for you and we are gonna help you not have abortion, but show you that you, this is not the end of your life, but the beginning of it. So if there's any young girl here freaking out, you can freak out on us. Um, Jesus is big enough for your freak out. So. So anyway, I have cerebral palsy and I have to tell you about a big deal. So for the last eight to 10 years, I've had, ex like you're born with weird balance with cerebral palsy, but in the last eight to 10 years, there's been a weirdness we haven't been able to figure out where for example, I had done all of this overcoming and figured out how to do my walking in the way that I walk and blah, blah, blah. And then one day, uh, I suddenly couldn't walk up on a curb. So you can imagine, like, you're walking along, and then all of a sudden, you don't have the balance to step up on a curb. And you're going, what the heck is going on? And then it was just getting progressively worse, and then I would freeze in place. Well, I had a tr very traumatic birth, and part of that is, the, the repercussions of that is fight or flight. But I forgot about the freeze. And it showed up 40 years later. And they really, they do wonder if that's part of it. And so here I was just kind of adapting, adapting, adapting to all of this and still overcoming, but freezing in airports and. I can't tell you what it feels like to just be literally frozen in one place. And your mind is saying, you're saying to your mind, you can move. And your brain is saying, I'm not going to let you move. And so I, uh, I just wasn't progressing. And then about four, almost five months ago, I was sitting in my chair feeling like a loser because I was never working out, staring at my Stairmaster for 20 years. And, um, <laughs> and I, I'm either running marathons, which I've completed too by running on, on, the, on my toes for seven and eight hours. Um, uh, but that was 12 years ago. And somehow there's this big, <laughs> 
lie you believe, or at least I did, when you've run two marathons and you think you're awesome, you think, I never have to exercise again. I am in shape for the rest of my life. I am awesome, okay? No. So I'm sitting in my chair and I'm realizing that it's getting really easy for me to sit in my chair. Real easy. And I thought, uh-uh. And I thought, what would happen if I hired a trainer? You can't, the voice in my head, you can't hire a trainer. What are all those Christians gonna think? Those are expensive. They're gonna think you're just, man, man, what are they gonna think? What's everybody gonna think? And you should be disciplined enough. You should just get on that stairmaster. How's that working for you? Right? <laughs> so long story short, I felt permission from Jesus. Oh, and also, I'm like, Lord, I'm a big loser. I should be able to just discipline myself. Just be disciplined. And he let me know, you know what, G? You don't have to will your way through everything in life. That is what you are used to doing. You will your way through everything, and you have hit something that you just can't make yourself do. And you need some help. And who cares if you've got to pay for someone to help you? So guess what I did? I said, Jesus, you're my dad. I expect for you to pay for this. <laughs> and then I said, Lord, you need to lead me to the person. This is a key point. And then I'm getting to my story. <laughs> Do you know what? I had no clue. The Lord had to lead me. I went on this funny little app, looked up fitness trainers. This guy gets back to me and he says, I have a background in physical therapy. I thought, well, it couldn't hurt to meet with you. So I show up, sit in his office, and I say, first of all, don't tell me about food. Everybody has their program. Nobody knows what they're talking about. Everybody just thinks whatever. I'm sick of it all. Great attitude. <laughs> then I tell him how much weight I think I need to lose. I was way off. Blah, blah, blah find out all this true stuff about myself. And then we began to work. And I showed up for an hour, four days a week. And then I was having so much fun. I said, coach, we gotta do an hour and a half. So now I do six hours of training in four days. And guess what? He's a Christian. He was a Navy medic and he ran the physical therapy unit in San Diego, California. Now, you cannot tell me that God does not answer prayer. And I will tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I do not believe that I would have this coach had I not asked for him. And you know what? This is only the second time in four years that I have stood up by myself to speak. Um, <laughs> and my new friend here uh, has decided to sit here just in case I freak out. But, and this is even an interesting challenge. I mean, this moves, <laughs> you know. So Jesus is like, congratulations. You get, you get a, couple, a couple challenges in one this morning. But you know, the fact that Four months ago, I needed Coach's arm to walk around a room, and now he has me, he has me running all, literally 
jogging all around the gym, going up and down steps that I couldn't go up and down. I am seeing the Lord heal me. And, and so I'm just telling you, the, well, I'm telling you a lot of things by telling you this one story, but I guess, but whatever. I, I thought I was a big loser, and I thought I was lazy. I really did. I really believed that I'm a lazy person because I, I have this list of things for 20 years that I should be doing and I'm never doing. And one of them was exercise. And what I learned was, no, I am not lazy. Someone who is lazy does not show up at the gym for six hours, you know, and work her head off. It was the approach. I just needed to change my approach. Is there something in your life that you would excel at in a second if only you would change your approach? Who cares if you need a coach? Whatever. Jesus has an endless checkbook. He owns it all. I'm not saying we go out and be a bunch of morons. I'm just saying <laughs> whatever, you know. So anyway, just, just anyone that's feeling condemned about, I can never seem to do that thing. Well, go find someone who is excelling at it and ask them or even perhaps pay them to help change your life. In three and a half months, I lost 17 pounds and gained five pounds of muscle and have tons of balance because Jesus and coach are pushing me. So... Anyway, <laughs> I'm adopted and my biological parents were 17 years old. My biological mother was seven and a half months pregnant when she decided to go to Planned Parenthood, taxpayer-funded taxpayer Planned Parenthood. And they said, you need to go have a late-term saline abortion. For those of you that don't know, you can have an abortion somewhere in America all nine months. For those of you that think that first trimester abortions are really no big deal, do you know that you can hear a heartbeat at about 16 days? So anyway, a saline abortion is a saline salt solution that is injected into the mother's womb. The baby gulps that solution. It then blinds, burns, and suffocates the child. And then the mother is to deliver a dead baby within 24 hours. I explain this because nobody has any clue of what a saline abortion is. And I also explain it because this is what I lived through. But I just didn't die because of the power and the lordship and the glory of Jesus Christ. And one other thing that's fun about standing up here by myself is it reminds me of the scripture, having done all to stand. Having done all to stand. 
even so. I was born in an abortion clinic in Los Angeles, and you might be thinking, because we live in an age where either people are believing the most ridiculous things, I will not rattle off the list, or you present them with the truth and they're immediately suspicious. It is the most bizarre thing. We are living in amazing days and some of the most bizarre I've ever seen in my entire life. So for the skeptic that may be listening, you might be thinking, oh, come on. Anybody can say this. I'm sure she's rich. <laughs> it must be nice to have such a story and make so much money. <laughs> People are morons. <laughs> Plus, I mean, you say you were burned in your mother's womb. I mean, come on. I mean, you know, you, you have no burns on your body. You're lying. You're a liar. That's the favorite thing on Twitter. Twitter is awful. I only go on there to read Trump's tweets because I love them. They crack me up. Every morning, it's like, oh my gosh, what is he going to say now? Come on, dude. It is my favorite. He is keeping Twitter alive. They should thank him. Because they're censoring me. I mean, they just put up there this tweet, you cannot read it, you cannot read it, you cannot read it, you cannot read it, you cannot read it. She had the nerve to live. So we're going to use the fact that we are a private company to shut down free speech. Clever. But I win. I always win. You know why? You don't mess with me. My father runs the world. You can try to shut me out, shut me down, whatever. The Lord is on my side, and he is on yours. Amen. So I'm born at 6 o'clock in the morning in an abortion clinic, kind of a big deal. <laughs> it says on my medical records, which I have tweeted with great enthusiasm, born during saline abortion, April the 6th, 1977, 6 a.m., two and a half pounds, 29 and a half weeks gestation, no resuscitation required upon arrival at the hospital. 18 hours of being burned alive in my mother's womb and no resuscitation was required. I should be blind, I should be burned, I should be dead, I shouldn't sing, and I do, because of the Lord. Amen. There is nothing impossible with God. And so recently, I do a lot of work in Italy, and that sounds fancy and whatever, I guess it is, but when you're going for Jesus and to win souls, it's not fancy. It's awesome and very hard work. And I was there recently. <laughs> I'll never forget. And Dr. Noya walks up to me. Dr. Noya is at the top of his field in um, uh, neonatology. He's a neonatologist. And he does surgery in utero on Down syndrome kids. Dude is awesome. 
and he comes up to me, like first time we're meeting, and he goes, you are a witness to life. And I thought, I like you. You are as intense as I am. We are gonna get along, dude. And then he, and I said, listen, doctor, can I ask you a few questions? I said, in your medical opinion, why is my skin not burned? And he said, I believe that the amniotic fluid was more powerful than the saline solution and it protected you. Even that speaks to the glory of God. He said, that's my medical opinion, but both you and I know it was Jesus. It was Jesus. Isn't that cool? And then he goes on to explain, and this actually made me tear up and was even more, oh, look at this balance. I'm not, I'm not holding on. <laughs> now I'm holding on. You know, baby steps. And on that note, can I, just, can I just ask you a favor? If you're able to walk from here to there without thinking about it, and you're a chronic complainer, can you stop? If you're able to move, if you're able to hold a cup of coffee in your hand and walk down the Hampton Inn hallway without thinking about it, can you just for one second see what you have? Thanks. Anyway, Dr. Noya began to explain to me, he said, I just want you to understand basically how traumatic your birth was. Ooh, I'm not holding on. <laughs> and so he said, you know, in the, in the seventh month, the, the place of our brain where emotions are housed are, is developed in the seventh month. He said, in the seventh month, um, you know, our, our, our response to pain is developed. And he just went on to say, all of this is happening in the seventh month. So what I'm saying to you, Gianna, is you have experienced the highest level of physical and emotional trauma that you possibly could. And I said, doctor, you know, I, I startle really easily. And I, and I have heard that that's part of CP. But I mean, I really do startle, embarrassingly so. Like friends of mine feel horrible because they think they've terrified me, but, but, I, but I'm just, you know. And I said, do you think that that's from CP or do you think that's from trauma from that time? And he said, I think it's both. He said, I think your brain might remember. We have aborted over 
60 million children in America. And I will tell you that the Lord does not forget one of them. And their blood cries to him from the ground like the blood of Abel. You see, with every abortion, we don't just lose that one baby. That would be horrendous enough. We lose the children of the children of the children. We lose generations. Think of that. We'll never know the children of those children. What gifts did they have? And the reverse, with every child saved from abortion, generations are saved. But you know, we're all freaking out on a daily basis. It's like constant hysteria <laughs> over everything in the media every single day. You notice that? I mean, everything is a crisis at the moment. And most of it is so dumb. But I don't see people freaking out that we're losing 3,000 kids every day. And then also, I see people who are involved in the pro-life movement, and that is all that is on their mind all day long, every single day, is the cause. Can I just tell you? Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these children will be added unto you. But if your God becomes the movement, you become a drag to be around. Just to be plain. No matter your cause, I mean, it could be about vaccinations, or it could be whatever, whatever the cause is, whatever the crisis, if that is the thing all the time, no, it is Jesus. It is Jesus and his kingdom. Full stop, it is that. And then all of these things will be added. He will see to it. But he must be king. And yes, there is a desire to see justice in the earth. He will see to it. But he must be magnified first. So I'm born at 6 o'clock in the morning in this abortion clinic in Los Angeles. Perfect time, you know why? The abortionist wasn't at work yet. Had he been there, he would have ended my life with strangulation, suffocation, or leaving me there to die. Because that's what they do if you have the audacity to live. But he wasn't at work. He was too busy getting his coffee or whatever. And a nurse had time to call an ambulance and have me transferred to a hospital. And I have often wondered, hmm, I wonder if that nurse was from another realm. I wonder if that nurse was from home. And so I was able to call an ambulance, take him to the hospital, placed in an incubator weighing two and a half pounds, and they said, this baby is never going to live. There's no, they just didn't have a clue. But this baby's not going to live. There's no way she's going to live. Then after several months of not dying, <laughs> they finally caught on and said, this baby has a tremendous will to live. She doesn't want to die. Thank 
God, this didn't happen to me in 2018 in the UK. Where they are now euthanizing children they determine have too bad of a diagnosis. Because you know they know better, the state knows better. There you go. Government-run health care. We're the first to go. So, after not dying, I was placed in an emergency foster care home with a bunch of morons who didn't like me. I don't know how you couldn't love me, but they did not like me. <laughs> and there has been a battle, a war, over my life since my conception to the present day. There's a particular war that is currently being won by Jesus that I will never be loved by a man, that I will never be loved. That is the goal of the enemy in my life, is to make sure that I never know that. And he is a punk. And he doesn't win. But I think it's interesting that he hates me with such a cruel hatred that he wants to just see me never, ever, ever get it. But God. And so, how am I doing on time? Oh, you're doing great. Okay. No problem at all. Keep Thanks. going. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that's really cool about your pastor is that he gives me freedom. A lot of pastors just have to micromanage every syllable, and you're thinking, okay, I can't, I, I, can I just, I, I need to go to therapy. <laughs> um, it's just too intense, like, you know. Anyway, um, where am I in this? Oh, yeah, that I'll never be loved. So, I... You can see it throughout my life. You know, I'm placed in the morons foster home and they don't like me, so they shut me in a room and shut the door for long periods of time, which is a really dumb and traumatic thing to do on an already traumatized baby because a baby cannot discern time. When the heck are you coming back for me? I already have abandonment issues, moron. <laughs> then I was taken out of that. I say that lovingly. Um, <laughs> it'll fit within the Bible study booklet. Um, so. Can you tell I've grown up in evangelical circles? <laughs> so, um, I was placed out of that, uh, taken out of that home because the government was, was saying, okay, you cannot stay here, and was ta taken to another home of a woman, of a foster home of a woman by the name of Penny. So by this time, I'm 17 months old, 32 pounds of dead weight, and diagnosed with cerebral palsy, which was caused directly by a lack of oxygen to my brain while I was surviving an abortion. So I would not be disabled had I not survived an abortion. Isn't that interesting? The reason I think that's interesting is because you always hear the Hitler-like argument, if the baby is disabled, we need to terminate the pregnancy. What? person and look at me and decide for me 
the quality of my life. You don't have a freaking clue the quality of my life. And you know why you don't? Because you don't understand that the more you need Jesus to move, to live, and to have your being when you literally need him, you have him. And that is the greatest gift of all and the highest quality of life. It is absolute arrogance and depravity to look at someone weaker or their prognosis or whatever and declare what they will or will not be. It is saying that I am God. Mm -mm. No one can tell you what your destiny is. Only God can. And then we decide if we believe him or not. Or if we believe the liar. Or if we believe our good friends who just basically, you know, yeah, God can do the impossible, but just not that for you. You know, just be safe. There are so many good friends, I am convinced, that have destroyed dreams because they don't believe. And you love them, and you just go right along with their unbelief. And it's all well-meaning, isn't it? But I didn't come to Jesus to live that kind of Christian life. More on that in a minute. No, maybe now. Listen, the thing is, I'm happy I'm being saved from hell. I, I don't have even a concept or a clue what that even is in my natural mind. I mean, I, I have a little, little idea, but I don't think we understand that it is never ending. That it exists, that there are real flames, that yes, we have been saved from that. But also, that doesn't motivate me. What motivates me is, oh my gosh, I serve a Jesus that can do anything. So why am I asking him for these tiny little gifts when he, when, when he, when he has all of this stuff? Why am I spending my Christian life expecting Jesus to fail me? planning for a life of disappointment, and if he just is a little bit above that, then cool. And you know what? No one will ever know. Because you served Jesus, right? No, but you didn't serve Jesus in the way that you could have known him. And we choose. You know, because to live the impossible is completely illogical. Isn't that the whole concept of it? So guard who your friends are. Guard what comes out of your mouth. Guard your mind. Call the things that do not exist into being. Or do you want to live this Christian life that is just super duper safe? <laughs> I was recently sabotaged onto a, a date. 
because God clear I mean I survived an abortion but clearly God isn't big enough to get me married off so he needs the manipulative and controlling Christian women to come along and try to figure it out for Jesus because you know TikTok. <laughs> And before, like, you know, I'm sitting there across the table, and you're kind of like, is this really this? No. No, this really hasn't happened to me. No. This is not happening. No, it's happening. And I'm only saying this because it <laughs> cracks me up, but I go, this is how I think. I look at the guy, and I go, I mean, I would just rather claw my eyeballs out than sit across from some guy at breakfast for the rest of my life that has to just have everything just so. And everything like everything like everyone else! <laughs> and he didn't bolt for the norm. It was impressive. <laughs> but I just started laughing when I realized what had happened. That it just came flying out of my mouth. Because it's just me. I'm like, I, I need more than that. And if you need your subdivisions and your, all your stuff, that's fine, that's you. But that would make me nuts. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so Penny takes me in and they're like, hey, Jonah's never going to hold up her head. Congratulations. She's never going to get up out of a bed, really. So Penny just ignored them all very politely. Went home and did my physical therapy three times a day and I began to hold up my head, sit up, crawl, and walk. By the age of three and a half with a walker and leg braces. And I stand up here today without holding on for the first time, for the second time <laughs> in eight to 10 years. Wow. And can you imagine if I believe half the I was going to say a word that you should not say. <laughs> if I believed, no, it's not okay. No, no, it's not. Um, thank you, though. It's very sweet, very nice. Good job. Very, very, very polite and thoughtful of you. Um, if I believe most of the stuff that so many Christians say, I wouldn't get anywhere in life. Because for some reason, we're cool with Jesus saving us. But like I said a minute ago, so few of us are fine with, okay, Lord, First of all, do you even speak? Second of all, do I believe what you have said? And it has to line up with, with, with the word of God. It can't be any of this crazy stuff. It has to line up with Jesus and his word. Amen. But there are rhema words. He, we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord, and we war with them according to 1 Timothy 1.18. I war with these words, so I win. I don't care what the circumstances are saying. I don't care. I need to keep on going. So, where am I? Uh, so I'm walking, but it's three and a half. Okay. Then I was adopted at three and a half by my foster mother's daughter, which made my foster mother Penny, my grandmother, who became my queen. And she died about five years ago. She was my person. It was because of Penny and Jesus that I am who I am. I had, now I want you to hear that I love adoption. Are you hearing that I love adoption? Amen. Uh, but I had a difficult adoption in that my, my adopted father was an alcoholic 
um, and just many difficulties in that adoption. But you know what? I believe that I was adopted in part into the family that I was adopted into for this reason, that my adoptive father was a brilliant architect and an alcoholic. And two days before he died over the phone, I was able to lead him to Christ. And so he adopted me, not because he was capable of being my dad, but so that I could lead him to his and the Lord would look after me. You know? And oh, I'm so excited for him. Anyway, uh, one other reason that my adoption was difficult was that I was constantly hearing this. Gianna, or some version of this, the book The Strong-Willed Child was written about you. Now it's so weird, we got a lot of weird like child training going on today because it's either our children are becoming little hellions because we don't discipline them at all, or we still have a lot of that, oh my gosh, that strong-willed child, that strong-willed child, that strong-willed, okay. Can I just say something because you know I will? <laughs> if you have a child that's driving you insane, let me give you a little bit of a different perspective. It took a strong will to survive being burned alive in my mother's womb for 18 hours. It took a strong will to learn how to walk once and then twice again um, after spinal surgery at 10 and a year and a half recovery. It took a strong will to, to run 26 miles twice on my toes. Once with a really insane Englishman, but that's another story. Girls, <laughs> girls. I know the accent, <laughs> especially if you are a Jane Austen fan and haven't had much counseling yet, <laughs> can be very enticing. But just because he has an accent doesn't mean he is from Jesus. <laughs> oh my word, I literally drove this Englishman to drink, okay? So of course, he asked me to run the London Marathon and of course, before therapy, I'm thinking, oh, of course I'll marry you. You are proposing. This is not about a marathon. No, you love me. Of course you do. Ha! Okay. Doesn't love Jesus at all. Is totally polar opposite in every belief. Okay, but yes, this is going to be happily ever after. So we're running down the road forever because I have CP plus I had a leg injury. On, and then it's drizzling. And this is going on forever, okay? But I'm still an evangelist and love Jesus. This is 2006. And so for seven or no, eight hours and 20 minutes, I coming in last, everybody eating all the donuts and everything. I mean, it was like the EMTs were there. They, you know, they were done. But I'm like, no, I am finishing the race. But for eight hours and 20 minutes, I'm like, dude, do you understand how much you need Jesus? If all, because this is the only way we could race down the aisle. So I had to share the gospel. <laughs> you cannot not marry to do the love of blah, blah, blah. Okay, so for eight hours, I'm evangelizing, hysterical. And then he's like, oh my gosh, I just need a beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it makes me die laughing. Because here I am, 
drunk, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He's like, just, uh, just, I just want to be drunk. Okay, <laughs> kind of counterproductive. Anyway, so girls, I'm just telling you, if he doesn't love Jesus, move along. Just move <laughs> along, okay? And I'm not, you know, then inevitably I'll have someone race up to me and be like, well, he didn't know Jesus. Whatever, just in general. Okay. I'm almost done. Are you okay? This is a workout. So I get all intense in what I'm doing. Can you tell? So I, I also want to speak a moment to this, that I... I believe that I was adopted into the home I was adopted into because if I had lost my penny, the one who died five years ago, my grandmother, who cared for 56 orphans as a single woman, so you can understand why my patience runs a little thin when I hear women whining and screaming and wearing their dumb hats in certain parades. When they have not known, many of them, what it is to serve. What it is to look away from ourselves for five minutes. My penny took care of 56 orphans as a single woman with hardly any money and she didn't need to make a YouTube video. So, but girls, back to the boys. I, I, I need to speak to you for a minute about this. So I know what it is to kind of not have a dad. I had one, but, you know, not really. And I'll tell you this. If you had a rotten relationship with your father, you don't need to be dating right now. You need to heal. Women, if you're already married, you need to stop expecting your husband to heal your heart in that area. They cannot. You cannot marry your way, date your way, or sleep your way to wholeness. Only Jesus. And even after all these years of running to Jesus with my precious heart, there's still a side of me. I will sit at someone's house at dinner a girl who has a father, and I will weep. This is how much you are needed, men. And if you have failed your daughter in this way, it is not too late to go back and say, I am so sorry, and can we start from now? She's waiting for you. Men, I need to apologize to you on behalf of all the irritating and controlling women in the world who are emasculating you every single day in this country, who often show up at church with their game face on and can quote their scriptures backwards and forwards, and we are a nightmare to live with. I'm preaching. Yes, you are. <laughs> Don't act like it ain't true in some cases. And you know what I think is interesting? I'll, I'll talk about this and then I'll, I'll go have a meal with some couples and I'll watch this lady be a nightmare and she, it's like she does not ever think I'm talking about her. 
She never thinks she's that woman. If you want to find out if you're that woman, ask your husband if he feels like he can be honest with you. But men, we need you to be men. And by that, I don't mean you run around ruling everything in a, in a kind of weird way. What I mean is you are like Jesus. You lay your life down. You give your life for your family and your daughters and your wife just like Jesus did. But you are your nature. We don't need more men acting like women. We need men to be men. We don't need the man bun. Do you know that now they have a clip-on man bun? This is highly, this is highly inappropriate. No. <laughs> but we need you men to be men. And can I ask you a favor? Can I challenge you men? If you have got teenage girls at home, can you please not let them walk out of the house with half of their clothes on? And can, if, they, if she comes downstairs and you're like, oh my gosh, no. Can you be gentle in how you approach her because she probably doesn't have a clue? And can you just teach her gently? Because the answer is always gentleness. Because let me tell you, sir, you are the only man standing between her and a vicious world who is waiting to destroy her. Waiting. And what we don't need is more passive men. Oh! <laughs> Have some passion. Have some courage because it is you. It is your nature. It is your nature to be courageous. And you're being told to be passive. And I can bet you money. You've got women in your life that if you are passive, they are, we are, they are going insane. They are waiting for you to be who you are created to be. We're already women. We don't need more of that. <laughs> it's frustrating. Amen, ladies. Amen. Amen. Can I get a ladder? Amen. Uh-huh. And so, ladies, what we manipulate and control, we must maintain. Congratulations. <laughs> Have fun with that. Let me give you an example, young girls. You're being taught that you need to chase the dude. Because, you know, there's no roles, there's no genders, there's no 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 If you want to destroy your kids, send them to college. They'll take one gender studies course and you will never see them again until Jesus gets a hold of them. And I am serious. We are handing our kids over to Satan. And then we wonder why they, we can't recognize them. Have you ever thought about maybe putting your kid in some kind of like cool thing, whatever, like some program of, of learning to a, a trade or a craft or music or something until they're about 22? and then send them to school. Maybe delay it just a little until they know a little bit more. 
till they're strong enough. And I'm not saying every college, but basically we're ruining our children. Anyway, girls, you're being told to chase the dudes because you know, it doesn't matter. Okay, uh-huh. You are made to be pursued. You are not made to chase them. If you do all the work for them, you drive them nuts, and you text him 24 hours a day, and you drag him down the aisle, you can get married, and you can have the babies, and just like with all your friends, and do everything at the same time everyone else is doing them. But guess what you're gonna do your whole marriage? Honey, do you love me? Are you sure you love me? Do you love me? Are you sure you love me? Tell me you love me. Do you love me? Are you sure you love me? You know why? Because he never had to prove it. Because you did all his work. That's fun. So girls, you choose. You choose. Do you want someone who has to come up to you with his palms sweating, freaking out, asking you out, and you, he pays for all your food. You hear me now? And you, you eat more than a salad for the glory of God. You have a steak, and you get dessert, okay? All right? You may hate this, and I don't care. Somebody has to tell you the truth. You want to be fulfilled in your relationships and in your marriage? Then you be who you are, not what you're not supposed to be. We're not supposed to be dudes. The dudes are supposed to be dudes. I know that was incredibly profound. <laughs> Now, just two more, I think two more points, and then I'm finished. Is that okay? That's fine. Okay. Keep going. You're awesome. Thank you. High five. So, <laughs> just makes me laugh. Because um, some people are like, you know, and they're like, okay, I can feel you. I can see you out of my peripheral vision. You are staring at your watch. I am not blind. <laughs> Praise God. Yes, okay. Um, people ask me, have you ever met your biological mother? Have you ever met your mother? Have you ever met your biological mother? Have you ever met your mother? Have you ever met her? Was it just amazing? Was it like Oprah? Was everybody crying and weeping? Okay, so I believe the Lord speaks. You may think I'm cuckoo, but you might want to read your Bible where it says, my sheep know my voice. Congratulations. And, but again, it has to line up with the Bible. So it's not like, you know, if you hear the Lord saying, I'm going to turn you into a smurf at 3 o'clock, that is not going to line up with the word of God. <laughs> so uh, I was on an airplane, which I always am, and I heard the Lord say one day, what would you do if your biological mother showed up at an event? And what would you say? How about this? What if she interrupted it? How about that? What would you, you do? And just, it was like I was on trial. I mean, the questions were coming so rapidly. What would you do if this? And how about this? And how about this? Well, I should have had a clue. But the Lord is such a great father that he doesn't say, oh, and by the way, this is about to happen in two weeks so that we can freak out for two weeks. He just prepares us, generally. So I go out to this speaking engagement, and I'm, I'm finishing up, and as I'll do today, I, I greet everyone at the end. It's one of my favorite things to do. With one exception, if you are sick in any way, like if you have something that you are saying, I'm just getting over it, you are lying. 
you are never just getting over it, you are spreading it to all the people. <laughs> I get sick so easily, and people love to come up and be like, hello, Gianna, just, oh, let me just touch your hair. Please, <laughs> let me give you all my viruses in the name of Jesus. Enjoy them. <laughs> Let's take a selfie, even though I've been barfing for five hours. Like, no, I cannot handle that, and I have traveling to do, and I cannot carry your viruses with me. Thank you. So I was greeting all the healthy people at this particular event, and um, this woman comes up and she says, hi, I'm your mother. No warning. Boom. Well, it's a good thing I believe the Lord speaks, because instantly I remembered the plane ride. And in my heart, I said, Jesus, 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 nothing profound. Jesus, 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 help me, Jesus. Because you know what I knew? I knew this was sent to take me out. My battle has never been against her or any flesh and blood. It never is. But this was sent to finish me off. It felt like the universe was just crushing me. And I just went, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And I looked at her and I said, ma'am, you must need to know that I'm a Christian and I forgive you. And she said, I don't want your forgiveness. Because you see, if she accepted my forgiveness, she'd have to accept what she had done. But that wasn't my business. My business was to forgive. And I said, ma'am, second time, you must need to know that I'm a Christian and I forgive you. I don't want your forgiveness. Your father is this and you are this and you are an embarrassment to this family. And then I knew what to do. I had been reading the children's book, A Little Princess. I love that story because the orphan girl always recompensed to her. And every injustice never went unseen. And I had been reading it right at that time. And I heard the Lord right in that moment say, Gianna, you are a little princess. Now stand up and speak with the authority of one. And I stood there and I said, ma'am, I'm a Christian and I forgive you. But I will no longer allow you to speak to me in this manner. And I got up and I walked out and then I had a meltdown for three hours. But <laughs> I'm telling you this because number one, we are living in a society that is telling you every day that you need to be a victim. I am not a victim. I am in Christ. That's over with. So you can spend the rest of your life, you can walk out of here being a victim or not. I am no victim. I belong to God. He is my victor. He is my father. He is my all-conquering king. And you know what? I am not what she says I am. I am what he says I am. And so instead of repeating, hang on, I got to hurry. Instead of repeating 
generational sin by the grace of God. I am changing generations. So let me tell you this, man. If you had no man to teach you how to be an honorable man, if you happen to be addicted to pornography, that is not okay and is rampant in the church now. You need to make a covenant with your eyes because that particular, a covenant with your eyes with the Lord Jesus, because with that particular sin, it will blind you. It will destroy you. Repent. And be clean. If you use women, repent and be clean. It's not okay. We can't, you cannot change a world. We cannot change a world that we resemble. So if you didn't have a man that told you and taught you how to be an honorable man, you can repent today and be clean. And then go to a man that you trust and that you find to be honorable and ask him, teach me how to be like you. Because I was never taught how to be and I really want to be a good man. Because we need you. In closing, let me tell you this, that cerebral palsy has taught me a lot. And one of the things it's taught me is, generally, when you limp through the world, you are not the first girl chosen to be married. And two years ago, on my birthday, I said, Lord, I'm sorry, but I hate this day. I hate this day, Lord, because I spend my life defending everyone else's children, but do not have one of my own. And Lord, if only I would dishonor you, because you see, I'm a virgin at 41. I took a vow at 14 that I would not give myself to any man that would not marry me. And I had no idea how long I would need to keep that vow. <laughs> but, and I, and I say this quickly, cause I know I'm out of time, but I say this very, very, very intensely and also with grace and all of that, hear love and hear kindness and all of that, but it must be said. Okay, what I see is a bunch of Christians who hook up and do whatever they want and then ask for forgiveness and get everything they want anyway. That's what I see. And I was telling the Lord, Lord, why? And why, Lord, why am I, oh, if only I could dishonor you. I could be a mother. And then, in another fight I was having with Jesus about this topic, I said, Lord, why am I last? Because when you, when you limp through the world, you're just special. 
that's not the same as hello. I want you to be the mother of my children right now. It's not the same. And we know it. So all this to say, the Lord spoke to me in several conversations and he said, because I have chosen you for epic love and not average love. Most Christians settle for average love because they don't think I will do anything else and they don't want to risk being left behind and they certainly don't want to be 41 without children. But do not spend our lives preaching sermons about waiting for the Lord and then having the audacity to create Ishmaels and calling them Isaacs. Wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Do not spend your life calling Ishmaels Isaacs. It is a mockery. It is disobedience. He is calling for holiness. And there is grace over us all. Are you hearing that? But are you also hearing that we are being taught that it's just no big deal. Well, if it's no big deal, why don't I just leave here and throw myself away? Tell me why. Because it matters. So wait, young people, and you're going to see me in a few years with my hot Italian husband. <laughs> and you are going to be like, whoa, and our kids. And you're going to see that all of this, oh my gosh, after 40 and blah, blah, blah. No, the Lord works in the supernatural. Amen. The Lord honors obedience, and that is what I want you to hear. And I am drawing you a map with my life. I am living the sacrifice. I am weeping in my bed as I travel because I refuse to let you down. Somebody's got to live it. And I'm not saying I'm the only one, but you know what I mean. Anyway, let's sing. Do we have time? <laughs> let's sing. <laughs> Do you want to explain this? I want to say something, yeah. <laughs> Gianna, we are so blessed to have you with us today. Oh, oh thanks. my gosh. So I spoke with Gianna last night. Tracy and I took her out to dinner. And, uh, for three you know, hours. For three so hours. having a meltdown. Yeah, it was great. We melted that melted down together. It was awesome. Um, but I know that Gianna sings. And so I asked her if she would sing for us today. And then she texted me this morning and she said, only if you play the piano. So I'm going to attempt to play while Gianna sings, and Leah's going to hold us together. And you better pray, because I've never sang this except for in my house. <clears throat> and I don't even know if this is the right key or whatever. I don't know. We'll just sing. Can I have the words, though? Oh, here we go. Oh, and can, is there, can we have more monitor? Okay. You were the word in the beginning, one with God, the Lord, most high. 